0: Okay, uh, actually, uh, onward, as like. I do. i
1: Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. I'm Patrick. I'm Kane. This is Ray. And you're listening to the worst thing ever. Today's episode The Old General Mills, Part 2. You know, Everybody on the topic a of a hobo, uh, I had this idea the other day. Um, for, forgive forgive this story, because it goes nowhere. Um, I was in the shitter the other day, in a public restroom. We're already somewhere, so... Yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm in and, the shitter in my mind.
2: On the edge of your shitter, or...? <laughs> you know, I just really. sit
1: on the
0: edge of my seat.
1: <laughs> so, um, as I'm tending to affairs... Uh, <laughs> Someone else I hear come in enter the stall next to me there 's a few seconds of silence, and then I hear this kind of crackle 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 crackle
2: crackle 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 like someone's sound. eating in the stall
1: i did, well i didn 't know you know i didn 't want to jump to any conclusions, but i 'm just sitting there i 'm like, "What the fuck is that Because it did sound you know a like papery crackle i 'm like, what the fuck is going on you know um, and while I was sitting there thinking the the nearest um, Analog I could come up with was it sounded like wrapping paper, uh, and so I started going in my head. I'm like, "Is somebody wrapping a gift in the bathroom?" Like that's where who? my mind went first. Yeah, I was like, "Who? Why would that happen?" And so the train keeps going, and I'm like, "I made who? it myself." Who? <laughs> I'm thinking, who who yes, has man. a hard enough time finding privacy that a bathroom stall is their one option? I was like vagrants, the homeless. This is where the homeless come to wrap their Christmas gifts unabated. Well, they don't want anybody
0: else to know what they're wrapping. It ruins the surprise.
1: Well, admittedly, a few minutes later, then I was like, or it's uh, somebody pulling one of those you know, like cellophane toilet seat covers off of the wall <laughs> and applying it, but for just a minute, I really enjoyed living in a fantasy world where Delightfully jolly hobos were coming in and wrapping festive packages and parcels in the stall next to me. And I just think, God, wrap that package, you fucking vagrant.
2: I would like to take this opportunity to ask a public restroom question. And I don't know. Yes, there are. Well, all I, I'm very curious as to whether the, this happens in a men's room. Because it happens all the fucking time in the women's room. And it drives me crazy, which is that you apparently women are like shy of using the bathroom in front of each other, but it's not like we have lavatories, you know, we've, we've stalls. So it's not really in front of anybody, but every time I go into the public restroom at my office building, you know, and I can tell someone's in there cause there's like a closed stall with like, you know, and you can like hear like the rustle with some paper. It's like I, I walk in and the rustling just stops. It's like I, someone's like holding their breath in there. And sometimes for sport you know, I'll take my time, I'll, I'll use the bathroom, I'll stretch, I'll check my teeth in the mirror, I'll take out my compact, I'll look at my makeup, I'll I'll even like fake going out the door and like come back and like they'll be wrestling again and then it'll stop. And it's like the, like all the time I find like that there are these like women apparently hold up in the stalls that, that that won't complete their business while another soul is in the bathroom, and I believe that they're probably prepared to wait all day if they have to. Do guys do that? Uh, I mean, I I would have to be guys doing number two, of course, but, like...
1: No, and I would say every hobo around your office building is, like, way behind on birthday (laughs) gifts because of you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I abhor going to the bath, like, taking a crap in public, okay? That's one of those, I don't want to touch my butt to a seat in somewhere (laughs) that I don't... Like, I don't know what the policy is on cleaning the restrooms. Every once in a while, you have to do it because you're like, I am, I am like 45 minutes from my house. There is no possible way I'm getting there before an accident happens. So you go into the bathroom, and it's one of those. For some reason, I have this like really just like instinctual response whenever somebody comes into the bathroom, and I f- like I almost sense their presence right outside the stall. You kind of like get super <laughs> quiet. You sit there for a second, as if you're being hunted, like as if they are bounty hunters. <laughs> On the other side, that are about to kick down the door and take me to prison or something. It's so one of those. I'm like, they can't know what I'm doing in here.
1: <laughs> so, so that and your dog sex story both make me think you like you have a naked vulnerability.
2: Yeah, it's a complex. Yeah.
0: Oh. Okay, if okay if you are, do not feel vulnerable when you're butt ass naked with poop just dangling from <laughs> your asshole, okay, I don't know what's wrong with you. Okay? okay. There is no other but, time where dude, I am more vulnerable than when I'm, like, post poop, but I haven't but, wiped yet. But if,
1: but if it's dangling, then the clench of fear is exactly what you need. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. it's like, like George hit- Carlin <laughs> said, you never see a man shitting while running at full speed, and there's a good reason.
0: <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, if you just took a shit, but you haven't wiped yet, you're at that, like, special, like, that, that magical ten seconds where you're like, oh, I, am I, I think I'm done taking a crap. I think it's time to get some toilet paper into this, right? But somebody's like on the other side, and somebody's like threatening to start talking to you. You're the most vulnerable, per- most vulnerable person on the planet because you're not going to get up and run anywhere. You're like, oh fuck! If they come in here, I'm dead. I am a dead man. I mean, Rez, I ha- yes. Do you ever plan on having children? Look, I have, I have a wife. She already comes in. With me, I'm not saying that it. Doesn't happen. I'm just saying. It's those, I'm like, just
3: saying. If you ever animal, I, having children, that is you're the never time. Never gonna be able to sit alone again.
0: When you have a wife, that is the moment that she knows, not thinks. She knows that she has your undivided attention. If she comes in and takes the like the roll of toilet paper from me, I have to listen <laughs> to whatever she has to say. Right? There's I like, have
2: never thought of that tactic. I love that. Thank you. You're just
0: sitting there. You're like, fuck. I can't get out of this situation. <laughs>
2: Um, thanks for the idea that is a pretty awesome. I idea. have, yeah, oh. <laughs> nice job, King God. Um, I'm going to disseminate that as as far and quickly as I next, possibly can
0: at the next woman meeting. Welcome. <laughs> what do yes. I care? It's already used on me. Fuck.
1: Yeah, I think at this point it's it's clear that I'm something of a man of extremes, and so even in this matter, there's no middle ground for me because I find no end of pleasure uh, if I'm at work. Uh, because the only (laughs) – on the fifth floor, we're the only company there, and it's a small restroom. So anybody that comes in, you know it's one of your coworkers. And if I can ID them while I'm in there, whether they're in the stall and I'm in the urinal or vice versa, I take no one in pleasure in talking with them loudly at great length because I find it unnerves everyone. Yeah, that's against (laughs) the rules. That is against the rules. I'm just like, oh my god, is that Zaxby's just struggling every inch
0: with you like it is
3: me?
1: <laughs> oh,
0: Eyes front, front
1: don't talk. Those are the rules of men's room.
0: <laughs> but Trevin just said the best thing to say right after you've taken a shit. Like, if you're in the stall and you know somebody's in the stall next to you doing whatever they're doing, and you take a shit and it makes the obvious noise, the, the only response you can do is, but, well, plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief <laughs> it is. Well, actually, you I... Just call, my, you gotta no. own
1: it. We also would have accepted bombs away. The the other thing that when I find dynamite. interesting is um, sometimes I'll, uh, I'll come into the restroom. Somebody else is in the stall. So I go in the stall and they do the thing Leslie described where they just go stealth, like full stealth, running <laughs> silent, running deep. And I can only assume after a certain period of time that they're just going to wait me out. And then finish. So then it's like a challenge. So I refuse to leave until they do. <laughs> and just see how long I can trap this person in the stall. <laughs> Meanwhile, work grinds to you, a halt. You people are sociopaths.
0: <laughs> Ray's at work and people are like, where the fuck is Ray and Bob from accounting? <laughs> and
1: they're And they're in a fucking Mexican standoff in the men's room.
0: <laughs> One of my favorite things... Uh, I have done the talking to somebody. I, I never do it loudly, though. Ray, I think you're taking the wrong approach because being loud and boisterous, yeah, that takes a lot of attention, but if you want to add the creep factor, you'll whisper to them. You just whisper <laughs> between the stalls. You go, hey, how's it going over there?
3: Does Ray really need right? to are like, the creep seem like you're the,
0: like, You seem like you're deeply interested in how their bathroom situation is taking shape. Well, look, if Definitely we're going to
1: totally go... Okay. If we're going to go that route, like, why even maintain any semblance of trying to be normal? If you're just going to be whispering shit through the crevasse <laughs> in the wall, you should be like, is it secret? Is it safe? <laughs> just start, it saying, start saying code words. Is it like, safe? You know, the egret flies at dawn. Like,
0: <laughs> Is it safe? Is it safe? Yeah. <laughs> it's very safe.
1: <laughs> or just get more esoteric. It's like, B-39.
0: You whisper like they're a, like you think there's a spy in the next stall. You go, yeah. the crow flies at midnight, and they're like That's what? So and you're like, oh fuck, uh, abort mission, abort yeah. mission.
1: You know, never before have I thought of this, but this conversation gives me the greatest excuse to carry a small roll of microfilm everywhere <laughs> I go. Just like I like pass it through the stall. <laughs> that
0: would be awesome. The microfilm is actually just individual frames from the uh, "Never Gonna Give You Up" video exactly
1: (laughs) you got micro rickrolled (laughs) have you ever seen a movie called the breakfast club
2: yes i love that movie
1: i love that movie
2: fantastic i love a lot of
0: i love a lot of that movie
1: what what do you dislike where does it it fall apart because if it's the part where bender's climbing through the event system fuck you is it, no, is it no,
0: no, stunt no. no, There are so many parts of that movie that I love that it's hard for me to even think of scenes that I don't like. But the sheer, and I know you guys are going to jump on me, but the sheer 80-ness of it, like a lot of the movie seems to be like, we're going to revel in the the late 80s just a little too much. To the point where <laughs> okay, they're like, I, I'm trying to be current. No, so I you're, like to, I, you're, you're taking it through this. the wrong
1: lens.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was you can't really do that in the moment. No, 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 no. I, 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 let, let, I, want I, Ray, I
1: think Ray's got the, the rebuttal. I, I'll, okay. I'll stand hold behind. On, hold on, hold on. I just want to counter head. this by this is one of the most simply composited films of all time. It is basically like five people in a nondescript room. So look. if you're going to approach the 80s-ness of the film, you're basically just annoyed that these people were alive in the 80s. Exactly. No, no, It it embodied the 80s not because it was trying to embody the 80s, but because it just happened to capture that period of time. That's why a lot of people like it and find nostalgic value in it. It wasn't trying to be that. It was just trying to be its current time. Yeah, if you strip away the soundtrack, there's practically no generational indicator in that movie. Well, I
2: take out the dance scene. The
1: whole power of that movie is that it captures all the archetypes of high school kids and if they're thrown into a room together. It's okay, time to have existed since, since not, my fucking look, parents, you know.
0: I am the farthest fucking person to be one of the people who would criticize a movie for being what is basically a play. Basically, they are actors in front of a backdrop because the, the library or wherever the fuck they're supposed yeah. to be, that's not important. They're, they're basically being Shakespeare. They are actors in front of a stage, right? I am the farthest person to be from that. I'm just saying there are certain aspects of it that just seem to try too hard to be like, look like it, it seemed a it, it try and look this is one of my favorite movies it's probably in my top 20 of movies it's just one of those like there are certain parts of it that seem to be like look i am writing for this generation and he, it just seems to try a little too hard now I i'm not saying that, that so it's i would kind actually it's kind of like finding the cookie monster voice that a Christian Bale does in The Dark Knight as the fault because that movie is otherwise really good. You're finding faults in a movie that you love because it's like, well, okay. if I had to choose a fault, that would be the, the one. The That's criti- the kind of situation I'm talking
1: about. The criticism okay. you gave, I would actually apply to Pretty in Pink.
0: Yeah, no, Pretty in Pink. Well, I apply totally it to all of his movies. But then again, I wasn't there. Remember? Yeah. I was in another plane of existence.
1: They were in a tube. Sing I it. like
0: the way I described it better.
1: Sing it. Test tube. Yeah. <laughs> it amuses me. I'm not. <laughs> I refuse to concede to his Breakfast Club point, but I. Not, I we I'm will saying, agree to disagree, sir.
0: No, I'm saying in a movie that I love if i had to choose a criticism it's that like there are, like i love a lot of movies it's like i i i i like watching stories being told i like to read novels and stuff like that and if i had to choose a criticism it's that like all of his movies it's just it, it tries a little too hard to be like look i'm relating to kids of this generation
1: um i don't know i mean i can't i can't say that's that's true, but, I mean, if you, if you piss on my shoes, you're still pissing on me. It doesn't matter that it's a small portion. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I would say, actually, also, so in addition to Pretty and Pink, I would say what you're saying also applies to Porky's. So I, I think I get what you're saying. I'm just not sure I see it on that particular movie. Well, that see, one yeah, is a Porky's shining example. Of one that would not. Yeah, now, there, there are plenty of other Hughes right. films that I would grant that, like Pretty in Pink is one of them. There's another one that I can't remember the name of that I, I would grant you. What, what the premise you're saying? I think Breakfast Club escapes that.
0: No, a Breakfast Club of all of his uh, of all of the Hughes movies, that one is the most pristine in the fact that it is it is literally just characters interacting with each other, which is, in my opinion, the height of storytelling. Is characters interacting with each other, and li- like I said, it's it's a minor, like super minor, like one of those things that if i had not if i had not seen the breakfast club hundreds of times i would have never picked up on it but it is one of my favorite movies and i've seen it all, a lot but okay. th- that 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 also comes like if i had been alive during the 80s and i mean i was alive during the 80s but if i had been alive and connected to it in any way maybe it wouldn't have been such a problem for me but because i mean the movie might as well have been set in the 50s yeah, and the and... 50s-ish of like the 50s-ness of it might have bothered me the same way because I just I have no connection to it. So, so dude, the here's... small connection that it tries to make is just like that like that little bit is throwing me off.
1: Dude, here's the thing. I was in elementary school when that came out and I didn't see that movie until 1996. So I have no tie to that particular time. And yet it's still extremely relatable. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, I I I agree.
1: So I think, in summation, what we're saying is you're wrong.
2: You know that whole we had we had a neighbor like our next door neighbor bought a bride like like truly no joke this was last year and it, it's just like so much weirder than you can ever imagine but it was kind of um it was kind of efficient inspiring. no well well here's the thing you know like we were like oh this creepy bastard she was not a russian bride she was like a uh korean bride i think or
1: oh plus one
2: um um, but but you know at first we're just like this creepy you know jerk and this guy was like oh i don't know like 48 i would guess and and he he told us like two weeks three weeks, I think, before this girl showed up in our neighborhood, that, well, he would met this special someone online, and if everything worked out with some paperwork that he had to do, she would be coming out to live with him. And, you know, it was like, we were like, we didn't understand, it seemed really weird, and then it shows up, it turns out to be like this, like, 17-year-old, you know, if she was a day Korean meal-order bride. And, you know, we were like, oh, that's creepy, that's sick, that's twisted. And then this girl completely played him, like, I think maybe a week and a half after she showed up. And and this weird fucker went and, like, knocked on every door on the street and introduced everyone to his new wife. And then, like, a week and a half later... Um, she has left him, and I'm, you know, checking my PO box, and he's like putting up missing person posters and complaining about how, you know, all his money from his house, like all his like loose cash is missing, and some valuables, and how she seemed to like somehow know all these other Koreans in Atlanta, and you know what are the odds, and it, someone must have kidnapped her, and we had to like what? help him find her.
0: What are the odds? <laughs> Really? The odds are about as good as everybody else getting their uh, their mail-in bride.
1: See, the question is that you have to ask yourself: Is what is your peace of mind worth? And is it worth more than a radiator and a chain? (laughs) Wow. Here's my advice: Instead of listening to conservative radio, um, just play. Red Dead Redemption, because I find it's very similar, the townsfolk's <laughs> opinions on things, be like, it's the Jews! They're <laughs> like, no, it's the, go- it's the government! <laughs> it's like, they're what, zombies, so, people. It's
0: <laughs> <laughs> them damn Mexicans. Zombie panic.
1: I no, swear no, to God, that's panicked. what it is.
0: <laughs> oh my god, in I'm, Walmart today, I, I've been to Walmart like four times today getting ready for Thanksgiving. That's a whole nother ramp subject. I hate that place. But, uh, we went in there and one of the stops we made was Megan's sister wanted to uh look in the magazine department or something like that. And while you know, she was looking at magazines and I don't give two shits about the magazine she's looking at, so I'm walking up and down the book aisle looking at all the, the best sellers that they're selling and none of them interest me. And I see a novel written by George W. Bush, and it's the audiobook read by George W. Bush. And it's one of those like I would never pay for that, but it's like I have to hear this. I have to hear if there's a part where he's like, Whoever wrote this is an idiot. <laughs> and that's the political part. Moving on.
1: So um yeah, it topical wasn't...
0: humor works out
1: so well. Are you talking about decision points, the new book?
0: yes i'm not oh, sure like, you i'm know not what sh- the name of the book is
1: yes um i saw somebody God, buying, it, talk buying show it. host was that he's like oh you're talking about decision points the new yeah. book available by- yeah. oh you're talking um, about decision
0: Points, that new book available on uh, amazon blah, blah, blah.
1: well what, what, what i guess so on the one hand i may agree with this but i don't think it was your intention to make a joke of this nature i wouldn't call that a novel that's that's but, what we <laughs> call a memoir but no, the thing no, is no, at no, the same no, time no. i would call it a novel no, yeah, Look, novel. He, there
0: is no way that he remembers any of the shit that happened while he was in office. None of it. Okay. Fucking zero. Not accurately. 0%. Zero percent. Zero
1: percent. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure if his, in his recollection there is a part where he flew around the world to turn back time to reverse 9/11. As Look, a, I'm sure this,
0: that this, at okay. one point he okay. had to defeat the Atomic Twins to create peace for all mankind. Okay. I'm sure there's all kinds of shit that he remembers. I'm just, I'm just saying that it was a novel. Okay, it's not his like,
2: fault they used the flashy thingy on him.
0: <laughs> Have you guys ever seen the movie uh, uh, Men in Black? It's a great movie.
1: George W. Bush does not care about Men in Black people.
0: <laughs> yes, he does. That's how he thinks the government runs. He's like, hey, where do y'all keep Tommy Lee Jones?
1: Oh, I almost forgot. Uh, God, it's almost a podcast tradition now. I can't believe I forgot. Uh, I have to comment on the wiki how how to's of the day. Yes, yes. That's (laughs) because they're always missing that. Yeah, they're always awful and sad. Um, I I was sad to cut the last one, but it was just like a lot of that was like like 15 minutes of stuff there. Yeah, no, I don't don't misunderstand me. Know your target audience. I I do it for me. Um, yeah, it's a good conversation. So today, my favorite. Um, now they change these every day. Okay, so it's not like I'm cherry picking from a selection of sad ones. Um, one of the headlines today is eight <laughs> life lessons you can learn from cats. <laughs> Are you serious? I shit you not, sir. Okay,
0: I have a cat. No. No. I could pick uh, one thing out, and that's, like, nap time.
1: First off, I – I just browsing through this article, I get the opinion I, – I get the feeling that whoever wrote it only has a vague concept of how cats live because um, one of them is, like, be compassionate. <laughs> it's like, have you met a cat? Cats <laughs> are, like, fuck everything.
0: That <laughs> is the opposite of cat.
1: Yeah. Uh, practice cat yoga. I – Okay, I, I guess know. I guess I could agree with that. They do stretch in a way that I would say is yoga esque, per now and then. <laughs> Be Look, grateful. Just because you can lift your own that doesn't it, make it yoga. Yeah, yeah. No, this I this is all all wrong. Did you guys uh, see that the WikiHow people actually messaged me on Twitter because I was bagging on their fucked up? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, I said something about it's got a fucking thing on here about cooking for cats, and, and they're like, "Oh, we hope you enjoyed it." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, it's great, but it's not as good as you know how to tell if you love this dude or you're just lonely." They didn't, they didn't reply. <laughs> so here's the here's the thing that that's this is just an interesting male discussion it, that we can have. It, you know, I I totally I totally dig the uh, the two color alternating stripe. High socks that does something oh, for yeah. me. It, it, it accentuates totally shape a way the- What in the fuck are you doing with that mic? <laughs> um, I, I like I like the alternating color, like you know, stripe sort of thing. The rainbow stripe does nothing for me. It just it loses it somehow. I'm they trying to figure out- work for me. Although your particular brand of preference, I like to call nanny syndrome. Uh, yeah, um, I, I, I was I, trying. I was trying to avoid associating it with uh, Muppet Babies because I thought that was creepy. But you, you've. I, I am undone, sir. Uh, I like yeah. how
0: Patrick's problem is. Like I don't like. I don't like colors that follow the uh, the <laughs> <laughs> the Roy
1: G. Biv
0: color scheme.
1: Chromatic spectrum is yeah. The
0: chromatic. I prefer colors that follow the Pantone color system. I like varying shades of yellow before they get to green.
1: It's weird given the line of work I'm in. I don't like overly col- – like a multitude of colors. I like a couple of colors that complement each other. I'm good at picking out complementary colors. But if you show me a rain- – like like over five completely distinct colors or they're not like shades of the same blue or whatever, you know, like a real rainbow sort of thing, I, it, I don't like it. I don't I'm, – I'm not for it.
0: Well, part of the reason I think is because as a designer and this is like something that I've I've studied somewhat recently, as a designer your first instinct is to simplify. You're not trying to like to overcomplicate something with uh like a venue of many colors is to make it less. You
1: know? Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean I felt that way before I became a professional designer. This this reminds me of probably one of my favorite jokes in a film have you both seen uh ed wood by any chance i have not saw it a long time ago okay good film in my opinion but um it's all shot in black and white and there's a throwaway scene in the middle of the movie where one of the female leads walks up she's wearing a robe and she's holding two different dresses and she asks the guy she says uh which dress do you like better the yellow one or the green one or something like that and he goes which one's the green one? She goes, what do you mean? And he goes, well, I'm colorblind. But for what it's worth, I kind of like the light gray one. (laughs) But it's shot in black and white, so you're in the same position. You don't know really fucking which (laughs) one. I found it absolutely hilarious.
0: The the closest quote I can come to, sadly, is in (laughs) in an episode of Boy Boy Meets World. Uh, Just stop now. Oh, God. No, no, no. One of the... (laughs) This is not an episode I've seen. It's an episode that's been quoted to me probably 25 times since Trevin and I were friends. He said that there was this episode where one of the quote-unquote bullies of the show, he picks up a live lobster. He goes, let's go back to my house and find some butter so we can eat this uh, MF -er," or something like that. And one (laughs) of them's like, hey, Joey, you got to cook those things first. You know that, right? And his response is, I said what I said. And just that, (laughs) I said what I said thing is that it's like, you know, whenever you say something stupid, somebody's like, you mean blah, 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 right? The only response that I've had for years is, I said what I said. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I'm
1: stealing that. That's awesome. It takes me more than one hand to count the number of times that I got stinking drunk and watched Goodfellas in French. (laughs) Oh god, I can't imagine. <laughs> like, I y'all just... want another y'all want another uh admission? I've never seen Goodfellas. Oh. Dude, you would nothing. love that movie. That is, that is I mean, a really amazing movie. I, I've never gotten on board with the Godfather movies. People say they're like, you know, pinnacles of American cinema. Goodfellas is an amazingly crafted movie. Like every you ever see like those pieces of furniture where you just look at it and you go like, this is handcrafted, the most high quality like dining table you could ever possibly imagine it's just because meticulously crafted by uh, like that's the feeling you get out of the goodfellas it that kind of easily reminds me, my favorite movie hands down that kind
0: of reminds me i was uh talking to somebody and they were like well, i was watching uh godfather the other day on tv and they just cut out so much and it really changed the movie i, just, I admit it i was like i've never seen a godfather movie i've seen bits and pieces you know, especially the third one because I watched like half of the third one on uh, AMC one day, and he was like, "You've never seen them." And my go-to reply was, "I was like, uh, is it anything like Casino?" <laughs> oh,
1: that some people that will slug you. you I was back when
0: I was like eighteen, right? And he was like, he just kind of stared at me for a minute, and I was like, "I'm guessing, no. <laughs> You're not giving me anything to work on." <laughs> I've actually been in a wreck exactly like that. Should, should I describe that real quick while I'm drunk?
1: Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Let's get, the, let's get the trauma out.
0: Okay. <laughs> the phone lines uh, are That open. friend, Walker, the Texas Ranger. Yeah, the joke y'all made last
1: time. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay,
0: no, no, <laughs> that same guy. Okay, he's... Uh, he, I'm riding in the car with him. It's me, this guy, Josh, and this guy, Walker. And we're driving around, and it's raining out. Now, in... In the town that I live in especially, but I've heard in other towns it's the same problem, it's basically just horribly laid out. Basically, in Abilene, Texas, a place where there is maybe maybe like three-quarters of an inch of rain a year, right? It's like next to a desert where it's just like this lack of rain. When it does rain, it's the, – like the, the whole town floods. Like the flood system was designed by like a paraplegic monkey. Right, it's just—it's
1: like. Just Wait, how would that affect his design capability?
0: No, it's just—it's like—it's just scribbles, right? There's nothing important written down, all right. But it's raining and there's just water everywhere, and Walker is speeding, right? And I'm sitting in the passenger seat. Josh is sitting in the back seat. We're riding along down the street. We're going like about forty-five, fifty <laughs> something. And we get about two, three hundred yards away from this intersection, the light turns yellow, and I say the first time I say, "Stop," right? And he doesn't. He doesn't hit the brake or anything like that. He just keeps going about a hundred, uh, hundred feet from the uh, intersection. You know, he's still going about forty-five or fifty, and I say a little louder, "Stop," right? About twenty-five feet from the intersection, he's still going about forty-five or fifty, and he starts to tap on the brake, kind of doing that little like, "Oh, maybe I have to uh, hit these interlocks. I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to slide into traffic or anything." He starts to tap on those ever so lightly, like, like as, as as if he was he was lightly tapping on a uh, like some kind of moose that he didn't want to fall right. And I'm like, oh, I, I just yell, break. <laughs> That's and the, the best the analogy ever. Yeah. Yeah. In the last second that I yell, break, I put both my hands up onto, this, onto the roof of the car. And I brace both my feet against the floorboard of the car. And the guy in the back, Josh, he does the exact same. And I, just, I yell, break! And he starts to hit the brake, and we just slide out into traffic, into this cross section. And it's one of those, like, everything goes slow-mo. Right, like I'm seeing individual drops of rain fall slowly from the, uh, from the from the heavens, you know, and they're splattering against the windshield. I'm like, oh man, this is really beautiful. Oh right, we're gonna
1: we're about to have a wreck. And John Woo unleashes like a, a handful of doves.
0: There's <laughs> fucking handfuls, handfuls of doves just like <laughs> fluttering.
1: With handfuls the, of it's doves.
0: This, this fantastic, beautiful cinematic moment. There is like literally in this <laughs> second, Tom just Tom Cruise on a motorcycle <laughs> fucking flipping through the air. Long hair and everything. Long hair and fucking just these beautiful, like, these Ray-Ban glasses. It's weird. Like, I I, I don't know if he was actually there if I imagined it, right? And he's just flipping through the air. And we're just sliding, right? And there's just, like, these, like, gouts of water splashing up from these tires are trying to find purchase in the cement. Just somewhere. They're like, where the Is the solid ground? We're floating on this water, right? And we see this car just kind of pulling out in front of us, like it's just this pristine, silent scene, right? We see it come all the way from like six miles to the left. You know, it's just going super slow. It's just like do 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 do. It's just this woman trying to find, you know, just just trying to find where he's going, you know, or it's a woman, but she's trying to find where she's going, right? She gets to right where she is, and she kind of like just barely glimpses us, and then out of nowhere, everything super speeds up, and we just slam into her at 45 miles an hour and total her vehicle, right? And he's mad at her.
1: <laughs> what a <Wow>. dick. <laughs> I, was, I was willing yeah, to permit that. Falls. What the hell? What the fuck was that? Did you hear that, too? I thought it was the voices. No, something about balls.
0: That was my distinctly... wife. She said that I suck big balls.
1: Well, we knew that. Well, she would know. Big hairy ones. I didn't what? think he was that picky about his King, ball sucking. King, can you get her to take a picture of her balls? Um,
3: Goddamn, Trevor, just drop all my fucking chocolate.
1: It's, it's always, always a food-related <laughs> dispute. Always. Where's my fucking bananas? Goddamn chocolate. Are those grapes?
3: That is not my fault. Look at all of that. That is not my fault. He smashed my fucking... Ninjas suck.
1: Who tore up my goddamn croissants? This cheese has holes in it. It's Swiss. Shut
0: the
3: fuck up. (laughs)
1: Uh, for I love my wife, the power struggle happening yeah. on that mic, I can tell. For Too bad, all f-
3: I barely love you. Barely
1: Aww. love you. That is awesome. <laughs> I love you the amount that is legally obligated by the state of Texas.
3: <laughs> the wedding's off, you fools. <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah, I think you're a bit late for that.
0: I'm Chokes I'm on with you, the other You're a bit late.
3: A
1: moment. Yeah, but she meant it's off and kind of like how this meat's a little off. I I have on good authority that shit has been consummated. Good luck with that and all. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Patrick, for uh, being my
0: witness to the consummation.
1: (laughs) Anytime somebody says consummate, I just imagine they're talking about soup.
3: (laughs) 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 Okay, so I got to tell y'all something. There is a correlation between men and dogs, so that's why I, f- I figured out that men belong in the doghouse with the dogs.
1: What What is that correlation?
3: That they eat chocolate, all of my chocolate. And they I, still and then inter- die.
1: I was gonna say, I think, I think and then the dog <laughs> would get die.
3: The toilet paper because they're both shitty creatures.
1: Here's here's what I love is she jumped in the podcast to say like men are dogs. It's like you're breaking <laughs> new ground as a woman, aren't you? <laughs> don't you hate how they don't remember anniversaries? <laughs> And white white people keep driving like this, and black <laughs> so now and that like our dates
3: this. changed because used to our our yearly anniversary fell on June fifteenth because that's when we we met. You know, we or we didn't meet, but we initially started dating. That was our, you know, that was the date set aside. Well, now it switched from June fifteenth to October sixteenth, and proposal of February twenty third. And what important other important dates are there? Uh, right. You're birthday. asking, man, you're talking to the wrong I, You know what? I have never gotten I'm, a birthday gift. I'm really good Wait a minute. at remembering I've gotten flowers. Dates, God damn goddammit. Wait a minute, hold on. I, I'll retract that. I've gotten flowers.
1: For your birthday? Yeah. Did you get them at work? Because that's a big deal.
3: N- not on my birthday. I've gotten flowers at at work once.
1: That's a big deal. You can't tell me there weren't people at, at the office that were like, motherfucker, my boyfriend sucks. Yeah, well, that's that how was it goes down. For the
3: longest time. Because... Everybody else gets flowers at work. And then finally, I was like, you know, you never bring me flowers at work. I never get flowers. And you know what? Lo and behold, I was I was a nurse's aide. This is before I even got my, my nursing degree. So it's been about four years. So it's kind of overdue. Hold on. And then, hold on. No, no no. <laughs> no, no. No, no 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 no. Year, no, 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 no. No, 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 no.
1: I love how we're evaluating how much he sucks at this point on his own podcast. And and,
3: and then hold on, and then he finally, after me going hint hint, wink wink, swiggle <laughs> swiggle, I finally get. Power <laughs> to- can, oh, you
1: do oh, sh- can you do swiggle. the can you do the swiggle swiggle part again? Swiggle <laughs>
3: swiggle swiggle.
1: Dude, you know what's super hot? If you swiggle while you're wearing a Higgs boson.
3: <laughs> and I finally found out that there is a difference a significant difference as a matter of fact between me and cardboard
1: <laughs> <laughs> a significant appreciable difference i forgot about that
3: mm. and 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 here you know what since we've been married i have been betty crocker galore they should put betty <laughs> crocker on my
1: ass that sounds like a fucking james bond character <laughs> Betty Crocker galore! (laughs) She bakes shit and does James Bond. I see you've baked a cat.
3: (laughs) Well, I don't know. A couple weeks after the wedding, it was for better. Now it's kind of dropped off for worse.
1: Yeah, I think you need to give it at least six months before you really start gauging things on a on a spectrum of better and worse. Man,
3: you, you gotta, um, six months. That, that, is, that is too long. You
1: yeah, know, you, long. I, I, as I understand it, you pledged, like, the rest of your life, unless you guys had a strange she, ceremony.
3: It's okay. I've got diabetes and hypertension. I'll die off soon. <laughs> um,
1: that's a good way of looking she's, at it. She's banking on the early yeah. death. Same as me. That's We talked about this last week. Hey, um,
3: I'm... I'm more than i uh, dead than i am alive you know seriously patrick will be set now if we have children if we have children my children will be set patrick will be screwed but you know it's all good
1: See, this works out because two of patrick's things are um sexy nurse outfits and necrophilia so wow. at the end of the day
3: it's all in maggots by god i will be very upset no, on a serious note necrophilia is disgusting to the point that um,
1: Thanks for a, clearing that up. We she's weren't, really making stands tonight. You yeah. Think
3: of a valid point. Here here <laughs> in, and I'm not going to say where but um where we live there's a prominent mortician. And From,
1: oh, I love where this is going. Prominent mortician is my grunge band.
3: When I <laughs> was in nursing school um there was we were actually at a um at a physician's office doing a clinical rotation. And, um, and that you know, that's a requirement for nurses to learn whatever the hell they think they need to learn before they go out into the field and become, you know, practicing on you. <clears throat> so we're at this doctor's office, and this lady comes in. We don't really know who she is, except for she carries the last name of a, of a very prominent um, funeral home here in a, in a. And, and, you know, in Abilene and, um, we, um, she gets back there and she's telling the doctor that her, um, her vaginal area is very sensitive and it hurts and her upper lip is killing her that she's very, you know, it, it, it is painful. So they take the doctor looks and actually, her lip is inflamed, and so is her uh, vagina. And so we're, like, freaking out because we're in there with him, and we're watching this. And he, um, the doctor about falls out of his chair, and he gets back up, and he tells this woman, well, you have maggots in um, your vaginal wall and your upper lip into your gum. And so he had to actually do a procedure there in the office to evacuate all the maggots. And she's freaking out because she's like, well, how did I get these? And yada, yada, yada. Well, come to find out she is a mortician's wife. Okay. There are very, Uh... very, very few ways to get maggots in the human body. Um, Either you have to have an open wound that is deeply infected or you have slept with someone or had um, sexual interaction with someone who has necrophilia. And, um, or, you know, is is transmitted through uh, dead uh, particles through the body. So his wife is livid because she's not infected and there's no wounds. And uh, her husband's a mortician. How convenient. So... If that says anything, we, we, we kind of, needless to say, I think they probably got a divorce.
1: Yeah, I don't think you need CSI to figure that one out.
3: <laughs> so, Patrick on the necrophilia, good luck on that, buddy. But uh, you bring me anything home and it's over.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> you got to have standards. I, I just want to take this opportunity to uh, thank Megan for ensuring that the podcast ends on a high note. Um <laughs>
3: All right, now back to your um, original host.
0: <laughs> I love my wife,
3: which still yeah. sex balls.
0: Not so much there, but yeah.
1: And as as we've established, if uh, if you perform the old General Mills on a dead gal or guy, then uh, you get a free prize inside.
0: <laughs> oh. I don't want
1: a free prize. Oh,
0: I don't want a paid Ooh, prize. Oh. <sighs> Okay. how
3: so bad of a person I am, and your breath smells like ass.
1: There are many horrible, horrible, and yet edible things in this world, but none—I say none—are as repugnant as microwave pork rinds. Oh, microwave! No, microwave—they're already—they're already
3: popped up in a bag. <laughs> I, yes, I would—I would, I would,
1: I would dispute that. Actually, pork cracklins are worse than pork rinds. Not microwave pork rinds. Well, I, I'm trying to imagine how microwave pork rinds work, and I I don't do know. That. I don't want to know because as soon as they began cooking, I had to. I literally had to leave because <laughs> it.
3: Ooh, no. It's Ooh, the no. most
1: noxious, chemically porky, horrific smell, just wafting, and it's dense. It hangs in the air ah, like a tapestries. Ray, did you ever read a uh, – I haven't updated in a while, but you ever used to read a website called XEntertainment.com? Oh, X- yeah. He dash- had like perpetual 80s articles. Yeah. That guy was like one of my favorite places on the internet for oh, Yeah, he was great. I love yeah. the whole photog. So. You, could, you could do like, – because one of the things he used to do would be he would find these like weird food snacks from the 80s and in like, like little corner delis that still had them. Just, and, and he them. he would, like, try them, and they were, like – and, like, he tried to eat Nair just to see, like, for whatever yeah. reason. He saw the commercial, and he's, like, <laughs> I want to know what that shit tastes like because it said – like uh, this was a hilarious article. Apparently, they made a big point in the Nair, you know, which is a hair removal product. Uh-huh. They made a big point of talking about how it was edible, and he's, like, since they made such a big deal about the fact that this is edible, I have to try this. And he wrote this fucking hysterical article on how bad it was. Awesome. I feel like – yeah, I feel like you could have a blog that is just you trying horrible things like microwave <laughs> pork rinds and, yeah. and describing to the world your experience.
3: Uh, uh,
1: yeah, I'm going to say no.
3: Oh, my God, that's freaking hilarious. Okay, listen. So before y'all go, I just wanted to say that y'all's counterpart is asleep on the bed. <laughs> Are you Aww.
1: fucking kidding me? <laughs> Poor little guy, he's so, all tuckered out. He didn't make the six-hour mark, that's a shame. Well, it'll just give us that much more ammunition to mock him later. I am on board with that. Yeah. All right, well, I guess we'll wrap this up. Um, So, yeah, on behalf of uh, my compatriots Patrick and King, I want to thank you to listening to yet another episode of Worst Thing Ever, uh, while probably our least funny, easily our most informative and uh, potentially suicide-inducing. So uh, listen to those PSAs, kids. Stay the fuck away from gummy worms. Don't eat uh, Megan's chocolate. And uh, we'll see you next time. Just generally maggots, sexual contact, bad mixture. This has been Worst Thing Ever. I see you've backed a cat.